making available to us our father we celebrate your holiness we celebrate your how pure and how holy you are how righteous separate from sinners you are we exalt you our father we magnify your holiness we magnify your separation we magnify your righteousness holy the only the only wise god the holy one we worship you we bless your name this morning we we reverence your holy name we bless you in the beauty of your holiness we give you praise we worship it in your courts and in your sanctuary we bring all praises to you holy one we worship you you sit upon the throne we give you praise the holy king the one who reigns in righteousness righteous father blameless we worship you we give you glory this morning we honor you our father we reverence your holy name we worship you lord we worship you thank you for your holy presence thank you for the your sanctifying presence thank you for your presence that makes us clean thank you for the provisions of your water provisions of your blood that purifies our soul sanctifies us make us holy that will make us presentable before you you are able to sanctify us spirit soul and body until we appear before the throne of your mercy with great joy father with gladness in our heart we come into your presence we come through your gates again this morning to fellowship with you to commune with you to commune with your spirit and to commune with your son father we ask him for privilege grace this morning to access fellowship at that level in the name of jesus father we commit our hearts to you we come under the weight of your presence we ask let the presence illuminate us let the presence bless us let your presence minister to us we pray father for the our heart to come under the dew of heaven and let your dew fall let it rain up and upon every tender herb every plant we ask father for the 
the furtherance of the ministration of righteousness, even to bring us into fruit bearing in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the utterance for these things. We ask and we look upon you, we depend upon you uh, for flow to minister the word, not that we think of ourselves as being anything. But Father, our sufficiency is of you who has granted the ability to minister the New Testament. We pray that that testimony be open. May we cite it this morning. We pray the grace to cite the essence, the spirit of the testament. To receive it, to be taught by it, to be increased by it Amen. father we ask for that grace this morning come and come and beat our hearts into submission Amen. come and bend us you are the porter we are the clay we are in your hands come and break us as you ought as you will and let it remolding of our heart happen by the ministration of your spirit thank you our father we give all glory to your name. I pray, Lord, come and speak through my vessel this morning. Again, I, I completely profess that I have nothing of my own that's worthy to be received by anybody. Oh, Father, I pray you will just empty my vessel and refill it again this morning with a fresh allocation of blessing, a fresh allocation of understanding of food, of life, and of grace for all of us this morning. Take my tongue, use it, direct it, stir it uh, in the waters of the Spirit and in the Scriptures. Thank you, our Father. We give all your glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good morning, everybody. How are you? How are you doing? So nice to see you. Bless, please welcome somebody. Say so you're welcome to the presence of the Lord. This morning, praise the Lord. I welcome everybody those joining us on the internet. You're welcome in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, okay, let's open our Bibles. John, let's see John chapter John chapter three. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Uh, John chapter 3. If you are there, say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, read from, from verse 1. Praise God. It says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Then Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? 
And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Amen. Amen. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is everyone, praise the Lord, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And then verse 9 says, Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Thou art the master of Israel, and knowest not these things. Or art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we know, or we speak what we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of what? Uh, of heavenly things. And no man has ascended up into heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Why? So that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Praise God. Amen. Uh, we give you glory, Father. Amen. Um, so in verse 13, it says that no man ascended into heaven, but that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Praise God. And Moses, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, that even so must, praise God, verse 14, even so must the who? Son of Man be what? Amen. Now, what's the meaning of must, the Son of Man? How do you lift him up? Praise God. That whosoever must, the Son of Man, sorry, whosoever, praise God. As Moses lifted up the servant in the, in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be what? Lifted up that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what? Eternal life. Amen. Uh, let's, going back up. Um, let's see verse from verse 5. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the what? The kingdom of God. Except he be born of water and born of the Spirit. What, what do you say? He cannot be what? enter into the what the kingdom of god praise the lord father we thank you we give all the glory to you amen 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 now the kingdom of god is 
the kingdom of um, is the kingdom of life. Amen. Um, the kingdom of life. Let's see. Praise God. Um, Colossians. Chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. Colossians 1, verse 12, it says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which has had made us meet. That word meet means fit or compatible to be, con- to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Praise God. Amen. Inheritance of the word of the saints in light who had delivered us from the power of darkness and had translated us into what? The kingdom of... is translated us into. Praise God. Was delivered us from the power of darkness. Amen. Power of darkness. Deliverance from the power of darkness first. Then has then translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, Praise God. Now, everything um, here, he's writing here, are all in progression from verse 12. From verse 12 to verse 13 to verse 14, right? First of all, in verse 12, the first thing he made you meet to be partakers of inheritance of the saints. So the way he make you meet to be a partaker of inheritance, first, first of all, is to get you born again. To get to become a saint, praise the Lord. You become a saint. It means every saint, everyone must be a saint, right? The sainthood I mentioned before that a lot of times they use the word sainthood here in the Bible, not necessarily to refer to the souls of men, but to refer to the identity of their spirit. So they say all the saints it means people who are born again in their spirits meaning their spirits are alive unto God. You call them saints of God. Praise the Lord. And so these saints have an inheritance that they all should partake of. That inheritance is what you translate into, into, the, translates into the commonwealth of Israel in the spirit. You know, Israel had a commonwealth in the natural. That commonwealth was according to their portion of inheritance, which they divide among the tribes of Israel. Praise God. And, and the Lord led them. They didn't, the nation wasn't born with that wealth. The nation was actually born inside captivity or inside bondage in Egypt. They were, and God brought them out empty. Only the clothes, the clothes they were wearing on, on themselves. Praise God. They didn't take anything. Of course, some of them eat a little thing, few things. Praise God. But um, the idea was to bring them forth just like that, raw, like that. And then eventually through leading them and feeding them. And that's what God did to them in the wilderness. A lot of the war uh, between God and Israel in the wilderness was about, a lot of it was about feeding. Feeding and leading. Praise God. It was what feeding and then lead and to, and to prepare uh, the, the man who will lead them through 
God had to first bring him from Egypt and prepare him as a shepherd for 40 years in the wilderness. Am I correct? He was there. Uh, the, the Lord used a high priest, uh, a priest called Jethro, to try and to train him, teach him. The Lord used sheep to train him for 40 years because he will need to lead God's own sheep for another for 40 years. Praise the Lord. Uh, so then he came back and began to lead them. So about feeding, for, to feed them and then for to lead them. So that they can arrive at their commonwealth, amen. And you find so you find that that was that, that's a type of the of Christians. You are not born with your wealth as a Christian. When you are born again, you have to journey. You have to journey into into your wealth, amen. And in that journey into your wealth, there are oppositions. Praise God. What you are actually warring against are kingdoms. Praise God. For to, to establish a dominion, dominion must be taken. You must be, you must be able to dispossess because there's no free space in the spirit. There's no free space where there's no domineering rule. And by space now, when we are in the New Testament, our space where we look at is this, the realm of the souls of men. So you won't find any soul realm where there is no dominion at all. It's just empty. There's no domineering force. There's a, and as a, there's a kingdom which is prevailing, pre, already prevailing upon men. It's called the kingdom of darkness. Praise God. And, and the people of Israel, they had a type. They had distributions of dominions which they had to war against and the lord had to now in the process of 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 leading them praise god um in the bible he said that they went from one nation to another from one people to another he suffered he rebuked kings he suffered no one to do them wrong he rebuked kings for their sakes saying touch not my anointed do my word people no harm so so Israel, to produce a kingdom, they had to come against kingdoms. Or another word for that is coming against dominions for to bring about the dominion of God. And of course, it was eventually brought about at a level in the land of Canaan. After the, the, God led them into the land, they drove out the inhabitants of the land, inherited the land. And over time, God raised a king for them who can finish their warfare, which was David, who, who finished their warfare. Then he instituted Zion, and then he established a throne, a reign in Zion. Praise God. Um, so, amen. 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 Praise God. So, you see, what, the first qualification is that you are a saint. That's the first qualification. So, and every saint has an inheritance. That every saint who is born again, you are born again for an what? You are born again for an unto an inheritance undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for us. Praise God. So we are actually born. So in verse, let's read this place. Praise God. Colossians chapter. 
Colossians chapter 1, we'll read from verse 12, says that giving thanks unto the Father, which had made us meet to be partakers. So they have, he has made them meet to be partakers, fit. Yet something must be worked in them, which is the pre-work for the beginning of the partaking. That word partake means to take part. Means you take your part. Means you have a part in the inheritance. What inheritance? Inheritance of saints in light. So there's a lot in that statement. Praise God. No, you have been made meet to be partakers. Amen. Amen. Of inheritance of saints. But not the inheritance of saints is in light. That's one way to, 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 to lay it out. Amen. Amen. Another way is that the saints who will inherit, who will come into the inheritance must be saints in light. It's the same thing. Amen. Amen. So there are saints who are not yet in light. They are saints, so they are born again, but they are not yet in light. They have not been initiated into light. Praise God. They are saints, but they are not yet saints in what? In light. So when you when saints haven't become saints in light you can't begin the conversation of inheritance to the saints. Praise the Lord. Why, why can't you begin conversation of inheritance to the saints if they are not in light? It's because the inheritance itself is also in light. Praise the Lord. Am I making sense? Amen. Everything about inheritance of a believer. Everything about everything that is worthy of that, that is every believer should live for, should do, should sow their life into are things in light. There's a, what you call, I will go, go more into that light, praise God. But that, if you've not touched light, you've not touched what you are born again for. You've not touched the purpose of being a Christian. And there are, a, there are many things that are not in light. Amen. Amen. That's why God raised Paul to begin to open the, the dimension of light. For this purpose have I called you, I, I separated you from the people and those who are now send you to, that you open their eyes, turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. That they may receive forgiveness of sin and then inheritance among them that are sanctified by faith that is in me. That's Acts chapter 26. So are you saying? So opening of eyes, turning from darkness to light is a prerequisite for inheritance. Praise God. Inheritance. Amen. Are you seeing this? So he has made us meet. So there's a born again experience. Then there is now, after being born again, there something must begin. After being born again, it is the giving of light to the soul. The giving of light to the soul is the beginning of deliverance from the power of darkness. In verse 13. Are we seeing that? So giving giving thanks unto the Father that has made us meet. To be partakers of inheritance in the light and colon. Who has made us? Who has delivered us? Are you saying that? It's a progression. He has to deliver you. He has to initiate deliverance. 
Praise God. Now, so that word delivered us from the power of darkness. There's an initiation of deliverance, which is the beginning of light. There's entrance into light. Praise God. It's also an entrance. Amen. Amen. What I say? There's entrance into light. That particular door of entrance into light is, is my, it's difficult to see it in John chapter 3, but it's there. What you saw is entrance into the kingdom, but before entrance into the kingdom, there is an entrance into light before, after being born again and entering and then entrance into the kingdom. Praise the Lord. Amen. So that, that entrance is the initiation. What, what you see here, Verse thirteen, they are telling you that you must have, and you must then you must go through process of deliverance from the power of darkness that will culminate into the what kingdom entrance into what the kingdom of his dear son. Praise the Lord. Does this make sense? So the purpose of initiating deliverance. From the power of darkness is to arrive at entrance. So if that's the case, then it means that entrance into the kingdom comes after the beginning or the, the, of the, the introduction of deliverance from the power of darkness. See, power of darkness. Amen. The power of darkness. Amen. So darkness... The power of darkness is... You ask me, what is the power of darkness? Can you ask me the question? What is the power of darkness? Praise God. The power of darkness is the power that makes the kingdom veiled. Amen. Amen. The power of darkness is what? The power is the power, the, the power that makes, in other words, that makes men not see the kingdom of God. There's a power at work. That power, it makes people misinterpret the kingdom. Mm. They will take something else that's not the kingdom of God and call it kingdom of God and be preaching it mm. and, be, and go after it and long for it and, and all kinds of things. Amen. Amen. But the power of darkness, its purpose is to stop sight. Mm. That's the reason for darkness. To prevailing darkness is the, is the removal of sight. Praise God. So when darkness is operating, is that there is it's a victory. Darkness is victory over sight. The way light is victory over what? When there is darkness, it means darkness got victory over sight or over light. Amen. And when you're able to introduce light, you've gained victory over darkness or you've gained victory over a veil, over a covering. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Are we making sense? Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So you're seeing that after you get born again, there's a, there's, a point, there's a point of entering into light. It's a time of, it's a time, it's a season of, it's, a, it's actually a season in a soul. It's between when they just got born again and when they begin to, when they're able to enter into the kingdom. Does that make sense? It's between getting born again and beginning to enter into the kingdom. You must first enter into light. 
Because it's inside light, you begin to see the kingdom for entering into the kingdom. That's what Jesus said. That except you are born again, you cannot see. It doesn't mean when you are born again, you've seen it. You can be born again, you've not seen it. But except you are born again, you cannot see. So it means after being born again, then you will see. Praise God. So that scene after being born again is is when the beginning, it takes deliverance from power of darkness to open up the side for what? For the kingdom. Praise the Lord. So who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us? Are you seeing the word? So you need to be delivered from the power of darkness first. So deliverance from the power of darkness first means sight of the kingdom anybody who does not see the kingdom has not been delivered from the power of darkness even though they are born again it means there is still a power that is keeping or maintaining darkness within the soul praise god and that power a deliverance from that power how do you deliver from the power of darkness is to open eyes like paul the lord told paul then turn from darkness to light in acts chapter 26 open eyes turn them from darkness and it's very clear the people who the lord many of a lot of people who paul ministered to were born again some were not born again. He, he also did evangelistic work. But if you check a lot of Paul's, the volume of his work, Paul was not an evangelist. People think Paul was an evangelist. He was not an evangelist. Paul was an apostle. So even though he, the beginning of his ministry was most very, very evangelistic because he went to the Gentiles. The Gentile ground was a fresh terrain for a lot of them who had not heard the gospel. Praise God. Hallelujah. But, so whenever he goes to a place, he first does evangelistic work. Then after a while, once evangelistic work is phasing out, he begins to do apostolic work, right? which is the actual calling that he had, which is to begin to open the eyes, praise, to begin to deal with the evangelistic work produces saints. right? Evangelistic grace is to generate saints. And that's the grace that a lot of churches in the world for many generations have been under. In terms of the moves of God, we've seen most of it is evangelistic in nature. Mm-hmm. Even though you can call it different, there are different names of different holiness movement, but the blanket covering, if you check it, is evangelistic. It's to make people born again. Make sure that people born again. A lot of great ministries on the earth are evangelistic in nature. Praise God. But you see that evangelistic part is just one part. The first part of the mandate of Christianity on the earth. Amen. Are you seeing that? You know, some people say that, well, what's the point of Christianity? Just to be saved and to save others. What they mean is that get born again and go and evangelize to others and that's it. And how many people you evangelize to at the end, Jesus comes, takes everybody, you've done your best. That is not... That evangelism is just the first initial point. Christianity is greater than that. You've not, we've not even begun real Christianity on the earth. 
if what we've achieved is ever let's assume we will get everybody born again we haven't really started we are just starting are you seeing because there are things about christianity being born again becoming a saint of god is a whole world of 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 a course a path that the souls need to go through amen so someone can born again born again and they have no clue about the kingdom of god the dominion of god praise god they are still aliens of him Amen. Amen. Like you just bring someone into your family, you didn't know him before. Your, your dad just comes the one day we adopted a new child. Right? Okay, no wala. Check the documents, everything is there. His name is, we have changed his last name. By, by name, by law, everything is not a member of this family. But that guy, he is not yet what? A member. Call. In terms of essence, call. what makes a family is not name. It's not just carrying somebody's stamp name on them. You are not a member. You know, some of us think that's what Christianity is. And that's what happened to us when we got born again. They did all the legal work. Your name is now, you are now named after God. So you are his child. But <laughs> functionally, inside who you are, most of us, we are still, we began as still children of the devil. Representation of devilish nature that we gained from the world is still inside of us. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing that? So, so that, that's why that's what that's the message of the last time. Mm. The message of the last time is you have to go and unearth the real cause, mm-hmm. the real point of the whole thing that we set aside mm. for the purpose of evangelism, mm. which is the cause of transforming men mm. to become images of God. Mm. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing? Now, can evangelism do that? Evangelism can't do that. Is, it, is evangelism important? Yeah, do we need yeah, to evangelize? If you don't evangelize, there's nobody to, yeah, to be transformed. Yeah, there's no evangelism, there's no church, there's nothing. <laughs> so, are you seeing God's patience? How many, how thousands of years He has waited for the world to be evangelized? Are you seeing? If you, and if you check that program, it's still ongoing. Check it. Check it progressively, gradually, the world has been getting evangelized. Different areas of the world where gospel hasn't got into, the gospel is getting there, awareness is coming, people are getting born again. Are you seeing that? And that thing will continue to happen. But what we are seeing now is when you begin to cross into the last times, the last days, it's now, it's time when they need to bring the true business. Why did they save the souls? Are you seeing that? Why did they say this? Well, it's very clear. It is for the purpose of the kingdom. Amen? Amen. And of course, one of the misconceptions that a lot of people have had is that once you are born again, you are in the kingdom of God. The Bible does not say that. Jesus never said that. Nobody said that. It's just our assumption. Praise God. That being born again means you are not in the... We are, now, we are kingdom people. We are all inside the kingdom. Amen. Amen. So, so it's as if that word kingdom means nothing. Amen. Right? So you can see somebody who be, does, does what he likes, who knows he's born again, has no sense of being led by God, just behaves anyhow. And you say, boy, is he born? Yeah, he's born again. But I say, so we are in the kingdom. You are not in the kingdom. You, are not, you, you don't subscribe to the dominion. You don't understand the dominion. You don't 
you are not a participant of the dominion. It's not possible because that dominion is in light. Praise God. What did I say? The dominion is in light. That's one of the key difference. Praise God. Let's just talk a little bit about this kingdom thing. What's the difference between God's own kingdom and the kingdom of the devil? First, praise God. And then, you know, there's kingdom of darkness or the devil. Then that kingdom of the devil now gave birth to many kingdoms, which are called the kingdoms of this world. Praise God. It's still under, they serve the kingdom of darkness. And they are children of the kingdom of darkness, but they were actually an offshoot and giving a more outward, visible manifestation of dominion. Are you seeing that? So, so kingdoms of this world by themselves cannot stand as spiritual kingdoms. There is a place, they, a way they pay allegiance to an invisible kingdom, which is the kingdom of darkness. Praise the Lord. And, and every dominion of a kingdom is, to, is the is the ability to, to receive allegiance. Praise God. Another word for allegiance is worship. Amen. What did I say? How many of you believe everything in this world is religious? Not in the just religious, traditional sense. But I mean religious in the sense that it has to do with who a soul is worshipping. Everything in the world has to do with who is so. All the battles that are being fought, men can be fighting each other. It's not really men who are fighting each other. It's spirits who are fighting. What are they fighting for? Who souls are worshipping? And what is worship? Worship is the, is the giving of, is where soul pour their energy. Worship is where love falls upon. Where, what men love. Is, worship means attraction of souls. Praise God. What, how, how to get the... That's just what... If you ask me, what are spirits looking for? It's just that thing. Souls. Souls being... If you can... When you make it so fall in love with something, you have won a battle in the spirit. You see, that battle is the only battle there is. There's no other battle. Amen. Amen. So, and of course, the, the, the battle that the kingdom of darkness is fighting, in terms of fighting and fighting for, for souls of men, is to do what? To withdraw allegiance of the souls of men towards God. Towards God. Make men have affection, have love, have priority, pour their energy, invest everything. Into something else, and maybe reserve tiny for God, so they can say, "I'm still a child of God." Amen. So you see, devil can arrange the world in such a way, and the world it takes to every man. When it comes to God, this is the amount you must give to God, because the world knows that if you don't leave anything for God, there will be problem, because of how souls God made souls that. If you, t- if you tell so, just be doing this thing, forget about God. Be- forget about a God. Uh-huh. The soul will not accept that, pro- that program. Amen. Amen. So, so for those who have come into enlightenment of Yahweh or of Jehovah, 
the God of the earth, the God of all creation. Any soul who has come into enlightenment of him, the world can't tell such a soul, don't worship him anybody anymore. Just live on, your, on the earth and do other things. It's too late for that. The soul is aware of him. So the soul must give something to him. Otherwise, there will be a revolt. <laughs> so, so the world will now has to now say, okay, let's, we now, must now decide how much must be given. What he, does he deserve? Maybe one Sunday morning or something like that. There must be something. Now, for many who have not been exposed to the reality of him, then for such people, you catch them young, make sure they never come into that thing. Give them another God to worship. The God can be their, their parents. It can be their family. The God can be social justice. You know what social justice means? Just making sure that, you know, there's no oppression here. There's nothing. There is a cause. Fight for something. Make your life meaningful. Beyond your 9 to 10 job. Any, be a fighter against injustice. What's that? That is their worship. So the way you go and do your Sunday thing, that's their own. You might not know Yahweh, but every soul has his own, sir. <laughs> For some, it's their country. They call it, you know, patriotism. That's over, overboard. It's their country, my, their nation. So, so, so Satan has manufactured many things. Praise God. It's just it's their distribution of kingdoms. So I think these things I mentioned, these are the real kingdoms in the world. Not kingdom of Saudi Arabia, kingdom of Great Britain. Those are not the kingdoms in this world. Those things don't have power. Forget about that thing. All this, sorry to say, let me not say some things. Amen. But you see that uh, Buckingham Palace, forget that. Even, even people know that that thing is just a, it's like a museum where you go to. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. So that thing doesn't mean anything. Real kingdom, how you know where is when is the dominion emerging? Is what what's happening? Men's heart. What is making men vibrate? Things that men get men interested. Things that are you getting? There was a time that Buckingham Palace order used to be that, but that's a long era ago. We are, if you look at the book of Daniel, we are in the season of the last king. That will be that will be mysterious. You can't tell it. If you check, read the book of the kings, the, 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 so about five different generations of kingdoms who will rule the world. The last one is the most. That's the one the beast will ride on. Because it is not, it is not very, very naturally clear like others. This one is a bit mysterious. It has different attributes. You can't pin what it is. That's the, that's the season that the world is going into. This is the, the, the religion of the end time. It's not going to a temple to worship. Religion of the end time is, is less organized than that. It's not organized in that way. We don't we won't even call it religion. Because that word religion has been so tainted. We have, men have overgrown it. When you say religion now, people look at, what is this outdated person? What are you talking about? In this age of, you are still talking about religion, believing in some, something you don't see, yeah. believing that there's, so you believe there's a being up there right now in the sky. You are so, I don't expect that from you with all your education. Why would you, you know, you know what I mean? And, and that in religion, praise God. Amen. Maybe because of, in our own circles, we are not exposed to how far the world has gone. 
there are people who you mention, oh, you're a Christian, you go to church, they look at you, huh? Jesus Christ. What's wrong with this? It's 2020. Come on. <laughs> people have moved on from such things. Praise God. Amen. People, why? Why? Because inside men, they have been able to create direct channel to spirits to collect worship from people, and those things manifest in, and they are kings of the earth who are who are fellowshiped with the spirit of Babylon, drinks from the cup of Babylon. Amen. Amen. And those are, those are the drivers of the culture. They drive culture. Culture drivers are worship drivers. The, the, to me, the word that, that, mostly, that is most married to worship is not religion or anything, it's culture. If you're looking for the word that, most, that is hard to divorce from worship, is that word culture. So if you follow religion, you will miss it. That's not where worship is. People can be going to church every day. They are not worshiping. If you, I believe if you go to the Muslim world now, whatever the, the worship, even they, are, they collect in the mosque before, it's not happening anymore. But although you see them because you can't behave anyhow, they deal with you. So you have to go to the mosque. Praise God. Hallelujah. But many of them, <laughs> praise God. Amen. Amen. Worship is powerful. Oh. You, can, you can physically dress up a man in a religious way, but you can't dress the soul like that. Soul, soul rolls with spiritual, spiritual impulses. Those spiritual impulses, the man can be dressed religiously, but inside the soul, a new, a new, a new God just came. And he's, maybe he's still going to your old temple, but the new God has taken over. And he's worshipping. Yeah. Amen. My dad, my dad used to work in the Middle East. And he actually worked in Saudi Arabia for a while. I know Saudi Arabia is close to some, of all, some other countries, like Dubai, Oman, I guess, what's the other, Bahrain, all those other places. Praise God. That, those places have, because they are more appealing to tourism. They appeal more to, that's one of their main of sources of revenue. Mm. So they can't be like Saudi. Saudi is mainly oil, just oil, oil. So, so Saudi, they are very, very um, theocratic. They have this religious Islam. Uh-huh. So in terms of what women wear, how you dress, how you behave, everything to the law. So you can't dare misbehave. But, but my dad said, so people that you just see like that in Saudi, they dress everything Muslim. But just maybe on by Friday night, over the weekend, just cross the border into one of those other nations. <laughs> you see all those religious guys all happening. They are they enter the tourist world and they are wild. Amen. And by Monday, they, Sunday night, they have come back again. So, are you see what I'm saying? So with all the hammer of Islam, you can't you can't deal with that the nature. <laughs> Of, amen. Because those souls are falling in love with things, and it's not easy. The threat of Sharia law is not enough to deal with those loves that the soul, things the soul has fallen in love. Are you seeing that? So you see those things they fall in love. That's those are the real worship of the soul. 
Worship is not buying down somewhere and praying. Worship is what the soul is falling in love with. That's the God of the soul. So, so are you seen as, as, as tight and strict as Islam is? The world is so anointed. The world can, has penetrated and has been thriving in that. Are you seeing that? Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Are you seeing that? Um, so, so, so kingdoms of this world, dominion, the kingdom of this world, um, they are, they are, they are, they are given birth to by the kingdom of darkness, right? And I said those kingdoms of this world, they are not the natural, uh, all those, they are, they are what the things that, offshoots of it, that are able to, things that people can come around and cause, and uh, praise God, that can marshal the allegiance, the, the interest, the genuine it can uh, it can take the devotion, not just also not just devotion is what I'm looking for. It takes the reverence. It's a reverence. Reverence. Yes. To anything that can make a soul reverent, to reverence a thing, it's it is it is actually a place of worship. So so I think what do souls reverence now? You can name them. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Are you seeing that? So some of the things we are get we are seeing now is because the you want to also trace religion or, or worship in a soul. You have to trace it to the soul's perception of righteousness. That's where you find the religious part of a man. Amen. Amen. The, the the religious part of a man is the kind of the man's perception of injustice. Because that's what religion is. Religion is about morality, mm-hmm. right? It is the uh, a sense of 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 amen. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, Father. Thank you. <coughs> Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Religion is when a man a man's religion is the the standard higher than himself. That he feels, that he perceives, and has chosen to be allegiant to. Mm-hmm. Are you getting? Are you yes, getting me? Yes, sir. Uh-huh. And the and, and in and such place, most of the time, it's not logical. They just do it. They react. They do it without thinking. Mm. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Now, this is one of the areas where a lot, young people of our generation need to be taught about these things and. And I believe parents, especially parents who are Christians, if one, one of you have a responsibility, is this area what I'm speaking of now. You know the way we were born again when we were young, our parents taught us. In fact, what do you idol? You can't even, if you have a Christian parent, you know, the, you, know, you know what I'm talking about? The way they arrange their mouth to arrange that thing out of you. Anywhere you smell such a thing, you are running away. Are you getting because of as a as a church child? Yes. Uh-huh. But now the, that same role, parents, you still have that role today. It's just that the idols of that time have they, they've morphed. Yes. <laughs> so let's say a child you born give birth to a child in Canada now, you can't be telling the child don't worship or, or uh, what? Over 
Obatalao, Amadioha. What are their names again? Shango, Ogun, Olokun. There's one called Olokun where I come from. Now, now, you wasted your time. Your, no, no child born in this time is going to be what? That's not an idol to him. That's a child's play. To him, that's a folklore. It's like a story. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you get, you get yes. me? <laughs> when you are telling him about it, oh, Ogun is shouting and laughing. Yeah. Me, that thing means nothing to him. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, so, but you parents today, you still have a role. They, they are, they are idols that have morphed. Yes. And those idols, the world is high in worship towards those things. The world is intoxicated in worship towards those things. One of the greatest ones is that thing I call that thing they call social justice. Are you social justice equality? Are you saying that all those all these movements and all those things? Those are the things that those things are getting the hearts of young people, taking the place of God in the hearts of young people. And a lot of Christian parents are seeing that and are completely blind towards it. So you see a young person that, can't, that's not, that cannot be on fire for God. What are they on fire for? Injustice. Why are they doing this? Why are they oppressing this? It's a spirit, sir. <laughs> it's the same, the same faculty that react, that should react to God. That should react against sin. That's reacting against these things. Now, when you talk to such a person who is high on that thing, God, God is too slow. Where was God when all these things were happening? Where was God when all black people became slaves? Are are you seeing that thing? (laughs) That's one of the problems. If you really, if you have wisdom, cite the the message behind that that those movements. It's a great finger pointing against God. It's like, let's come and right all the wrongs that happened under your watch when the whole world was worshipping you. Are you seeing this, the concept of dominion? Yes. That thing is powerful. The power that drives that thing, once that thing enters a person's heart, Those are the things though. Even money is not God anymore. Money right now is being defeated. Money is, is now low. There was a time money rose in terms of allegiance to men, pursuing money, becoming. But right now, young people now don't care about money, to be honest with you. You know that thing of when you are young, how rich you will be and how you'll be successful? It's before those things used to be dreams. Right now, talk to a young person now who has been schooled by this spirit. They will tell you that all the rich people, they are thieves. They got wealthy on the back of all the poor people. You get what I'm saying? That thing is not even interested. They're not even interested in that. Even if you have money, they see you as an evil person. (laughs) Because money is being defeated. It's part of the program. Money as as a god is being defeated. There will be other things that are more spiritual than money. 
Why? Because mammon is too unrighteous. That unri- that the God Jesus called it the unrighteous mammon. It's so unrighteous that even unrighteous men are seen, are able to cite how unrighteous wow. it is. <laughs> that's why sometimes I will. That's why, that's why that, you see that prosperity gospel. That, that thing is so low that <laughs> it is even lower than in terms of people who are worldly who have more sense that nobody should be living for what he will eat and all that. You get what I'm saying? Things are getting more spiritual and more sophisticated than that. And if the world, if we continue the way we are, the world is going right now, and everybody, all Christians, we just buy in and say, well, it sounds okay, it sounds right, and all. You get what I'm saying? Christians don't have sense of, they don't, a lot of Christians don't have sense of, because, and this is the problem with, when you've, when you've removed the, the, the primary purpose of, of submission to God from Christian message. That's, you don't preach that. You preach other things. After a while, you for, we forget that thing. And then other things, like this thing I'm speaking about now, other gods will begin to come. You, and another, it's another God talking, you know, and say, ah, there's an oppression there. There's an injustice there. Shouldn't that injustice be right? It's another God talking, you know. See, why is that? Why are these people being oppressed? Are you seeing? Now, that thing that God is saying sounds righteous. Mm-hmm. Because we have been so bankrupt of righteousness that the world now looks more righteous than us. Then, what will happen if we continue this way? After a while, we'll, what will happen? After a while, we will come into a framework of righteousness in Christianity that does not include God. You will bring human standards of justice, human standards of equity. After a while, we will check, ah, God, your ways is not, (laughs) doesn't look too pure anymore (laughs) to us. So we will exalt our natural judgment of righteousness above faith. Above faith, but when you look at New Testament, there's nothing like righteousness without faith. Faith is the beginning of righteousness. Remove faith. Anything, no matter how right anything you have is, it is not righteous. Mm. So righteousness is not defined based on a man's perception of what is right and what is wrong. It's based on faith. Are you seeing that? So the, one of the purpose of the kingdom of darkness is that if you can destroy faith, injure faith, you will begin to, you are able to close up the sight of the kingdom. Right? Jesus to Paul, that they will obtain inheritance among them that have been sanctified by faith that is in me. Am I making sense? Are we making sense? Amen. So one of the ways they have to, we have to wisen up spiritually is a, a spiritual sense. Say spiritual sense. Spiritual sense. Spiritual sense. Now, one of the things everyone is doing now, yes, on the earth and in the church is to quickly give Christians spiritual sense. 
take away natural reasoning, take away carnal reasoning, and reinstall spiritual understanding, spiritual sense to believers. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So, so the kingdoms of this world, say kingdoms. kingdoms. Kingdoms of this world, they are offshoots. They are actually funnel, uh, ch- sorry, championed by the kingdom of darkness. Am I correct? If you want to trace the, the, the flow of dominion, the fountain of dominion <laughs> in the dark order. Of course, it traces all the way back to Satan, the devil. But presently, there's something called the wall. That's what the book of Revelation, chapter 17, represents as Babylon. You know that Babylon, she's actually a, almost a kind of a queen. She has her own crown. Right? She has her own royal garment. Scarlet and purple. But she, as a spirit, she is a spirit. She is a wilderness dweller. That's what he said. Just say, come, I will take you to the wilderness. I will go and show you that great whore who is in the wilderness. I mean, she is a spirit. Wilderness is where men are not living. So, as men who are living in their habitation, who is Babylon? They have no clue. Because Babylon is in the wilderness. Men are not living there, but that's her, her domain. She's just there. But from there, all she does in the wilderness is serve wine. Yes, what wine means? Spirit. Yes, Oil. <laughs> who does she serve the wine to? Men who come regularly to visit her. There are people who have found way to the wilderness where she is. Those people are who they call the kings of the earth in chapter 17 of Revelation. They are the ones who constantly fornicate with her. And they take off her cup and distribute her cup to who? To. So who men see are the kings who travel to her. Men are not able to sight her. That, that thing called the world is a mystery. That's, that was her name. Mystery. Babylon the Great. The mother, they didn't even call her a halot. They said she's the mother of halots and abominations of the earth. Praise God. So what men see are the kings who fornicate with her and then come back. And these kings, we just see them as normal people, but we don't know that they are fellowshipping with, with the spirit. And they have the wine of the spirit called the world. Amen. Amen. And so you see, these, are, these kings, they are not the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, they are not the kings. The kings of the earth are the drivers of the culture. The people who they say, ah, this person said that to, ah, once they say it, before you know it, millions of people start saying the same thing. Do you know such people on the earth today? They are not presidents. They are not rulers. They are nothing. They are just, dry. They are just people with wine. They can drive culture. They just make, they give, take a photo of themselves doing one gesture. Before you know it, millions of people start doing it. And that thing, some people can fight for it. They can die for it senselessly because there is a wine that has been served <laughs> amen. amen are you seeing this are you seeing what i'm saying yes, so what but but christians when you have dumb christians 
May we not have dumb Christians in Jesus' name. <laughs> who are dumb Christians? Dumb Christians are Christians who have no clue about anything spiritual. They are Christians who are more calmer than this chair I'm sitting down. This chair is more spiritual than them. This chair maybe has more anointing because at least this chair has been in a meeting, has been hearing a message. So this chair might have more grace than some Christians. So, uh, what is can I can I can I say is that you just come, they just see something, they have no sense to di- to dis- to discern spiritual origins, right. spiritual flow. This thing is just happening. Hey, let's go and do it. They can't discern. They, they have no because they are not sensitive to the worship of God. They have been desensitized because of pursuit of other things. Amen. Amen. So a Christian who is very carnal, who is pursuing other things that Gentiles are pursuing, they, you can bring a God and establish a shrine inside their house. They have no clue that worship is going on. Because they are desensitized to the worship of God. Because faith has been, has been injured. Faith has been murdered. Are you seeing this thing I'm saying? I'm just describing to you what the Bible calls the power of darkness the power of darkness it's a power power of darkness is not demon possessing somebody power of darkness is that it's make a man blind from spiritual reality make a man blind from god's dominion sight blindness towards god's dominion is that you cannot see God's order of how men should worship. Mm. Is a blindness towards God's... Are you seeing that? So somebody who doesn't understand worship in the spirit, somehow he will permit worshipping of other things. Because he, he, he's, he's blind towards the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God means the worship of God. The dominion. How God gets his allegiance from men. Amen. Amen. I feel like this generation, all the wars we, we, we used to fight as Christians, both Christian parent, Christian brother, Christian pastor, Christian worker, Christian pastor, Christian bishop, most of the battle, the way we used to war before, the battle has switched around. Things are becoming more spiritual. Amen. Amen. Are we making sense today? Amen. So, so now you now see it should be very clear to you now why, why inheritance of the saints should be in light. Because if it's not in light, means that that word in light means it's in the realm of illumination. It's a realm that it's a realm above the the power of darkness what that means is that if you can't if a soul cannot be raised beyond the veil of darkness that soul will never sight the kingdom praise the lord if the soul is not what raised above what darkness the power of darkness the soul will not see the kingdom. If the soul does not see, the soul won't, won't journey for entrance 
into the kingdom. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's just read on. Let's read on. I don't know if I did some justice just yes. describing. Okay. Okay. Praise God. So, so the difference between the kingdom of God, right, and the kingdom of, of darkness or, and the king, or the kingdom of this world is that one kingdom is in light. One kingdom is what? In light. Is in, in light. Now, what light means, it is the revelation. Re- light means revelation of the righteousness of God. Illumination about what is right. Illumination about God's kind, God's order of what? Of righteousness. And nobody can have God's righteousness without revelation. Romans chapter 1. The righteousness of God is revealed from what? From faith to faith. Why? As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Amen. Amen. So are, are you seeing why there's so much preaching on righteousness? Why there's so much emphasis on having access to clear definition by the Spirit of the righteousness of God? Is for the purpose of entrance into the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we give you glory. We bless, we bless you. Amen. Amen. Um, so let's go back. Let's read this place. It says, Thanks be to the Father which had made us meet to be partakers of what? Inheritance of the saints in the light. In light. Amen. Verse 13. Who had delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us. Say the word translated. Translated. Has translated us into what? The, the kingdom, kingdom of his dear son. He has translated us into what? The kingdom, the kingdom of his dear son. Has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Then that's one point. So at this point of translation into the kingdom is an entrance. So by this point, they have become born of the water and of the spirit. As Jesus taught. Amen. They become what? Born of water and of the spirit as what? As Jesus taught. So they've gained entrance. They've been translated into the kingdom. Then, but that's not the end. Jesus did not mention another part. That's why he told Nicodemus, I've told you earthly things. But I will not, if I tell you heavenly things, how will you believe? He didn't speak about another part which is inside the kingdom. After you've entered, there's now something called redemption through the blood. Are you seeing that? So, but before redemption through the blood, everything, the, the, the first entrance was through water. It is water first. Jesus said it's water and spirit. Amen? Amen. Water and what? And spirit. Water and spirit for entrance. That entrance is in verse 13. Then after water and spirit, you now move into redemption. So it's very clear that redemption begins in the kingdom. Does this make sense? Yes. Redemption begins what? In the kingdom. Then he asks, because even the what? 
forgiveness of sin. This forgiveness of sins is a high thing. It's not that God said, thank God I'm sorry and then God forgive him. That word forgiveness actually means the remover of sin. The remission of sin. Removing his sins from his soul. Praise God. So are you seeing the progression here? You are seeing transition from water into blood. Water dealings into what? Blood. Now, can you tell me where is the beginning of water dealing? Say it again. So water dealing is outside the kingdom. Right? So the water, are you seeing that? So if you ask me, what is the water of Christ? The water of Christ is the dimension of Christ that travels outside the kingdom. Are you seeing that? Is it clear? It's the dimension of Christ that can travel. What? means it doesn't carry the kingdom genetics. But it carries a righteousness that can bring in illumination of the kingdom. I use that make men see it. It's the water. It's the water of Christ that make men see the kingdom. Then that water operates until it gives birth. Are you seeing that? So if somebody say if someone is just said except you are born of water and of the spirit, you won't enter. The first, it's not the, being born of water and the spirit is not the, the first day you encounter water and spirit. You get born of it. Right? Because for every birth, there is a travail. Every birth of the soul. Like Paul said, my little children, for whom I travail again in birth until Christ be formed. So for every birth, there has to be a travail, a process of travail. So there is a travailing with the water and the spirit which is a dimension, the first dimension of the word of Christ or the word of righteousness. Praise God. So that begins to happen. So the the beginning of water, the first sensing of water, is the beginning of the sight of the kingdom. What the water of Christ reveals, what it brings about is the seeing of the kingdom. Am I making sense? Yes, sir. That is the what? The scene of the kingdom. It's the water of Christ. Or another word is the water of the word of righteousness. Amen. Amen. Now, you, you notice what is said here. In that um, Colossians chapter 1. He said that he has made us meet. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. And then translated us. Take the word they use. They didn't say kingdom of God, kingdom of God, but they say kingdom of his dear son. Are, are you seeing that? Translated into the kingdom of his what? Of his dear son. <clears throat> so it means that that region of entrance into the kingdom is the region, is actually the ministration of the son of God. Right? Is the what? The ministration of the Son. Of which Son? The Son who came by water and by blood. First John chapter 5. He came by water and by blood. Not by water only. 
but by, by blood also, and it is the spirit that bear witness to what? First to water, and then to blood. He came not by water only, First John 5. He came by water and by blood, right? Not water only, but by blood also. And it is the spirit that beareth witness. So every flow of water is water and spirit. Then you have blood and spirit. Are you seeing that? There is always blood. Even there is water and spirit. If you are born of the water and spirit, then when you now enter in the process of redemption through his blood to receive the forgiveness of sins, it also with the spirit. That was what Hebrews 9 was saying. Like the blood of bulls and goats sanctified for the ashes of a hypha, sanctified for the purifying of the flesh. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered up himself up to God without spot and blemish, then purge our conscience as the remission of sins from dead works to serve the living God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you seeing it? So it's through the eternal spirit. So that word is, is blood and spirit. So the ministration of blood and spirit is inside the kingdom. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Then you have water and spirit is before the kingdom. Water and spirit is the ministration of the side. Revelation of the kingdom. Am I making sense today? Praise God. Does this make sense? Yes, so when somebody is born, so the purpose of the water, can, can, you, can you say water? Water. Okay, so I want us to just see, let's begin from that low place. Praise God. Is it okay? Am I, this message is very, very simple today, right? We all know every single thing I'm saying. Uh, amen. And this kind of message is okay. It's easier. It's easier. Amen. Oh, what? What? You know? Amen. This is like little, little candy. Amen. Can you bear with me? Can I give you guys just little, little milk and just a lick small milk today? <laughs> Amen. Amen. But you guys want serious meat. <laughs> Amen. I can just get up now. Anybody here can preach this message and preach Is it a lie? I just I, I can just do I'll just call one of you, I come and take over you. Just come and just come and preach the rest of it. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So let's just go down. See that water and spirit. Amen. So water and spirit is the beginning of word of righteousness. Right? You've not begun to touch the blood of the of, of the sun yet. You're, you first have to deal with the water. What was the purpose of the water? Is to wash. Is what is the washing for? To remove the impurity, to make the garment clean. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Father, we thank you. Bless your name. Bless your name. So you need the water for washing. Then Blood has two purposes. To make white and to make what? And to make bright. So water makes clean. Blood makes white. 
blood makes bright. Right? Are we seeing this? Yes. So are you seeing how entrance into the kingdom is the point of being made white? Is the beginning of being the beginning? Are you seeing that? Yes. It's the beginning of what? Being it's not the end of being with why. Everything we are talking about is a process. Yes. Process to clean you. Yes. Are you seeing that? So you can enter. Yes. And once you enter, they start making you white. Yeah. They make you white until you get to a point. Yes. The longest phase is the phase of whiteness. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Praise God. <laughs> you, you, those who have white robes will wear it for a long time. They will wear it. It's with white robes that the, him, you and I encounter him that sits upon the throne. Will now begin to feed you and lead you into a living fountain. So those people that you see are being led beside the still waters. Is that what? They are people who have worn white robes. Are you seeing that? They are on what? They are white robes being led beside the still waters by the shepherd of the sheep. Because they have become sheep to the shepherd. How do you produce a sheep? Can you tell me? How do you produce a sheep, a sheep nature of the soul? The way you produce a sheep is by washing. <laughs> Praise God. How do you produce a sheep? It's by washing. So you see that? So that's what I want us to look at. Let's look at that, the, the work of the water. The work of water, the administration of water. And of the spirit. Every single one of us here, I'm convinced of that, is already partaking of the water. For sure, I know. Every one of us are partakers already of the water. Of what? The waters of Christ. We are already partakers of the water. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The water of Christ is what makes someone separate. Are you seeing that? What did I say? The water of Christ is what makes someone separate. You know what separation is? Separation means removing of your of the filth on the garment. Right, separation is the journey from the camp, right, towards where 
yes. From the camp. Journey from the camp to the what? The courts. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing that? Mm-hmm. The journey from the camp to the courts. That is the separation. And that word is, is making somebody a Levite in the spirit. That is the journey of separation. Who is a Levite? Those who God has separated from Israel. Am I making sense? Those who God has what? Separated from, from Israel. And in, somewhere in that journey of separation, you gain access into the kingdom. True Levitical ministry happens in the kingdom. No Levite does things outside the kingdom. Levites are people who have gained entrance into the kingdom. When when you you see a Levite, you will ask, what's your status now? See, I'm, 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 I'm being separate from Israel. But I'm a, and I'm a candidate to become sanctified. I'm about to move into priesthood. I'm in the realm before priesthood. I'm in the kingdom, but I am before priesthood. So the, that realm is a realm before priesthood in the kingdom. Such a soul is a Levite soul. So who is a Levite? He's not yet a priest spiritually, but he has been separated from the camp, from the rest of the people. And what separated the Levite is washing. Washing. Amen. Is the washing what? Of water and the spirit. So in the process of washing, they got they became born of the water and of the spirit. So who are Levites? Levites are people who have become born of what? Water and of the spirit. Praise God. Are you seeing that? They become what? Born of water and of the spirit. And, but they are not yet fully born of the blood. But they just began the ministry of blood. Amen. Amen. Are you seeing? Yes, so it's inside the Levitical world. Amen. Amen. Inside the Levitical world, that's where the exchange of giving of white garment happens. That is what the initial part of the Levites, the, the sorry, the Levitical ministry is about. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's look at this thing. Well, so that this Levite. So when you say Levite in the spirit. A Levite. Who is a Levite? That, that Levite stature is a... We, we, it's like we don't speak too much about it. We speak more about, a lot about priesthood and all about... So that Levitical is, a, is actually a place in the spirit. And you know the funny thing is that many souls are there. Many souls on that word of righteousness are actually approaching Levitical realm 
Some souls have become Levites already. That they just need help to enter into priesthood. Praise God. Amen. What's the sign of Levite? They have moved into the realm of sacrifice. They've begun the... the you see, when you see a soul who has, who has become, who has been in his daily life, has, is, has, be, has been participating in the offering of the daily sacrifices. Are you seeing, if you ask me, what is the work of the Levites in the tabernacle? Is what? Under the, the, the teaching of the priest, under the instruction of the priest, they handle the sacrifice. That is the first work anybody around the tabernacle is introduced to. Is the handling of the daily offering of the sacrifice in the temple. So the sign of a Levite soul is, is any soul that has learned how to daily. That word daily means continuity of sacrifice. That is the, that's, that is the state of separation. So, are you seeing this? Are you seeing this? So, another word for a Levite is a Levite who has learned how to, by the mercy of God, present their bodies as living sacrifice unto God that is holy. They've not yet learned how to offer acceptable sacrifice yet. But they've begun the beginning of holy sacrifice. The beginning, the, just the beginning of holy sacrifice. Praise God. Another word for it is that they have become participators of the goodwill of God. Because the purpose of that sacrifice is that you might prove, this is all Romans chapter 12, that you might prove what is that good, then acceptable. And perfectly. Now, it's not everything that is good as acceptable. Yes. Uh, do you agree? How many of us agree with that? It's not everything that is good that is what? Acceptable. acceptable. Now, when it comes to sacrifices of God, they are in levels. They are not all the same. Not all of us can give the same kind of sacrifice to God. Some of us can give a good sacrifice, but we can't yet offer yet an acceptable sacrifice. Unto him. What is the meaning of acceptable? And what is the difference between good and acceptable? Good means that it's good, but it's not yet up to the standard that he accepts. Nobody can offer God's his acceptable sacrifice on the day one. What if we will all be trying to do, you couldn't do it, only you just came and you just brought it on the first day. God, I've, I've finished your sacrifice. <laughs> Amen. 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 Now, now, can you tell me what, why, what is the, in, what inhibits ability of, of quality of sacrifice? What is the thing that makes men unable to just offer acceptability, acceptably, quick, right away? Can you tell me? Oh, yes. Okay. They are not completely given. Okay. They're still enmity. Okay. They're still enmity. Praise God. Um. Amen. Their own will. Okay. 
Okay. Knowledge. What to give. That is it. It's not. It's not that they are just rebellious. It's not just that these things, spiritual things, are, are people in this realm around the tabernacle. For the most part, they've they've moved beyond just that. I'm just willfully, blissfully ignorant, and I'm just doing whatever I want. That's a gentilish behavior. Gentiles who are seeking after all these things, the Gentiles seek. But when you seek first the righteous, the kingdom and his righteousness. So if a Levite has, has actually become a kingdom being, it means they've, they've stopped seeking all these other things which the Gentiles seek. That's what measured their separation from the camp. Are you, are you getting what? Now, I want to cite that nature. Cite the nature of a man who became separate. Cite it. Cite that nature. Is that one day he woke up and said, see all these things you guys are enjoying. Everything you guys are doing here, you can farm your land, you can eat, you can buy and sell, you can do everything. As lovely as it is, I want to turn my back on it and go for something more holy than this. Are you seeing that? That decision. We are using tabernacle to preach, but we are talking about souls. It's a soul. That is a soul has made that decision. Now, the fact that you've decided that doesn't mean you know anything about where you want to go. Mm. Are you getting what I'm saying? The fact that you decided that, well, this world is just, uh, you know, I want to really, really use my life to really serve God. It's a good place to start. But it doesn't mean you have any clue about how to serve God, about what God wants. Because those things are secrets. That, those secrets are what the tabernacle is hiding. Is hiding it from the rest of the people. The tabernacle is where they hid the secret to the pleasure of God. The temple. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you seeing that? So are you seeing the you I should be seeing souls, soul journeying, soul different states of a soul in righteousness. So when a person begins um he makes that decision, okay. What is the decision? In Second Corinthians chapter six. Come out from among them. It means they've heard the voice of the Lord. Right, which is the first voice from, from the from the temple that echoes out. It echoes without travels far into the camp. Some will hear, some will not hear. The voice is saying, "Come out from among them and be ye separate," saith the Lord. That is Second Corinthians chapter six. That's the voice. So everybody who has heard that voice in their soul, there's a point where there's a time I heard it in my soul. And for many of us, there's a point we heard that voice in our soul. Telling you, come out from among them. When is it come from among them? It's not even unbelievers. Is that, you see that born again life where you are, you are just, there's no difference between you and an unbeliever. Whatever they go for is what you go for. What they live for is what you live for. Their cares, their hope, everything is yours. <laughs> but, and then there's a point where they will tell you, come out from that. Be separate. That is a Levitical calling. Come and be a Levite. What they are telling you is change tribe in the spirit. The tribe of Levi, you are not like other tribes, sir. There is something that has happened to the heart of a Levite. 
It's, a, it's something that's just changed on the inside of him. Amen. Amen. Now, but the fact that you hear that voice coming from among them, be you separate, it doesn't mean that you have any clue about where you are being, the realm you are being separated into. It's in journeying. What is the journey? It's his light progression. Are you seeing that? The first operation of light is when you begin to, that's what the water of Christ teaches, how to now begin to journey towards the realm of, of sacrificing. Are you seeing that? So, who is a Levite? A Levite is a sacrificer. Who taught a Levite how was to sacrifice? The water of Christ. Are you seeing? So, the water of Christ is a teacher, is, the, is actually the first teacher, praise God. Amen. Amen. Of all, let me say, it's, what, it's the first one that inclines the soul towards sacrifice. Yeah. Is what is what inclines the soul towards what sacrifice the water of Christ? What carries the voice of the Lord mm. that calls the soul? So the soul becomes sensitive about sacrifice. Mm. Not every Christian is sensitive about sacrifice. Mm. Many Christians are most are sensitive about bless me, give me. I want this. I need this by faith. I believe in you to get this. Mm. Do this for me. Do that for me. That's not a Levite. Levites don't talk like that. <laughs> Levite has been have been changed. Who is a Levite? It's just simple. A Levite is a Christian soul that has transitioned from receiving to giving. You get are you getting the sense I'm talking about? In terms of just getting things. In other words, using Christianity to get things. That's a Gentile who is a Christian. <laughs> Versus somebody who has learned that Christianity is a is a, is a tool, an instrument to offer themselves. Is an instrument for sacrifice. So, the moment they say, okay, let us go. Let's go and sacrifice. They begin to journey. That soul has begun the Levitical calling. So, you take such a soul now who has been awakened. That means that that soul has begun to have, to have light. Am I correct? I mean, that soul has begun to partake of the ministry of light. He has begun to partake of deliverance from the power of darkness. So, take such a soul now and go and be talking to him every day about what God can give him, the kind of house he can have, the kind of career he can have, the kind of family he can have. After a while, the soul will get tired with you. Amen. The soul will get what? Tired of you. Even though you are using scripture, you preach those things every day to a soul. The soul has moved beyond a certain point. That's no longer the call in their soul anymore. That's no longer what they've cited something. What happened? Because of light. Light is powerful. Light. What light can do? You know, light can kill appetite for things. And when light has slain something, it is dead. Things that we are trying to kill without light... They always bounce back again. Imagine a man trying to kill lust. There's no light. You're trying to kill lust. You want to kill lust. There's no light to. 
Just maybe just out of your sheer will, I will not lost again. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> when you are doing that, lost is laughing. You look at this. You, you don't know what we are talking about. <laughs> you, you don't know how I came. I came by a light. In other words, what you are listening for is something you saw. That, that's how I got here. Just stronging your head and tightening your face and all that and fasting can't take me away. You must see something else higher than me. All kinds of loss, loss of the flesh, loss of the eyes. Lost for material possession, lost for money, lost for fame, lost, all those lost. Mm. The only answer to lost is what? Light must You must see something else. Yes. Yeah. Something higher that registers as more valuable Thank you. to the soul. Thank you. So I you see why nobody can be separate without light. Yes. How? How will you do it? We can't advise somebody into being separate. So imagine somebody who only knows how to use Christianity and use God to get things. Then you see the person down. <laughs> look, <laughs> look, this life you are living is not this now to live this life for. Mm. You have to start thinking about God, you know. It's not every time what you will eat and everything. Start, you know, think about God. And, and then, you know, we have to, you know, serve God and all that. When you are saying all those things, the person says, okay, so what should I be doing instead? Say, no, no, you have to serve God. What do you mean by, I mean, no, I'm, I go to church, I, what do you mean? I'm using... <laughs> are you seeing the problem? Some of us think we can advise people into this thing. You have, you have no clue what you're talking about, man. You, you know, they will be asking say, what is actually wrong with this person? Something wrong with you. My Christian that is walking, I pray God answers. Come, let me lay hands on you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Why? Because it's not light. The only thing that can make them know what you're talking about is revelation. Water and spirit is the only thing that can kill the souls alignment with the lost of the world you need water and spirit what is that it is the revelatory exposition of the kingdom is that you can reveal another dominion to the soul what kind of, is a dominion of right because that's the when you are seeing the kingdom from afar you will, be, you will see a frame of righteousness. Because that's what the kingdom is. It's not eating and drinking. But righteousness first. Then peace. That's acceptability. And then joy. So, but, so the righteousness, the higher standard of righteousness, is a, that's the revelation that the water and the spirit gives to a soul. Any soul that hasn't a, a seen revelation of righteousness by the water and the spirit... Such is so, we have no clue about separation. Hmm. 
Is it, these things are deeply spiritual. Yes, sir. What happens to a man to make a man start seeking God and leave, leave things? <laughs> if you know what it takes to do that, to achieve that, and some of us who are crying, God, I'm not crying. If you know what has happened to you, that you can sit down and one, one guy that can't even speak English very well will be talking to you for two hours and you are still there listening. And he's not telling you about how your career will be. He's not telling you about anything. Amen. You know what? You know the power it takes for a soul. You, you, can any soul do that? No, something has happened. Sight is, is a sight, is a ministration of water and spirit that said, except a man be born again, he cannot see. So there will be a time after that he will begin to see. See the kingdom. The seeing the kingdom is the seeing of another righteousness. Ah, ah. This means that, that there's something else that is right. I've not been seeing it before. This thing is right. And when you look at that righteousness compared to every other thing the soul has been looking for, those things are nothing compared to this spiritual righteousness which God is looking for. Am I making sense? Are we making sense? Praise the Lord. So you see that Levitical nature is that he has learned. It is the introduction to the world of sacrificing. What is the meaning of sacrifice? You present your bodies. What is a body? A body is what the soul uses to execute its love. It's what the soul uses to execute its desires. The thing the soul likes, how does it achieve the gratification? The, the, this, the body is the instrument for souls to for gratifying the will of a soul. So when a man now presents the body, the, the presenting of a body is talking about the sub, who presented the body is a soul. Are you seeing the body did not present itself? So that conversation is not really about a body, it's about the soul. It's about the soul. That's now, when you read on, they now spoke about the will. Are you seeing that? So sacrifice means sacrifice means the willful yielding of one's will to the will of another. That is the meaning of sacrifice. Spiritual sacrifice. He's not bringing something. It's not God. Right now, I have only, I have one thousand dollars. I will give you eight hundred and ninety-nine, nine hundred, and keep only one dollar for myself. This is a sacrifice. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the soul deciding my all my loves and my lusts. Those things, praise God, I am going to let them go. To do the will of another. Which will? The will that has been revealed. Are you seeing that? The first will that... So the will which the Levite has seen that he is sacrificing for is what they call the good will of God. Amen. Amen. Now, how many of us can understand the concept of God's good will? Many of us are already beginning to do it. Many of us are already beginning to do it. To do the good will of God. Praise God. The good will of God is the first will. Right? What is the good will of God? The, the good will of God is what the water imparts. Water 
and spirit. So, water, the culmination of water. Amen. Amen. Praise God. The culmination of water is, in, is to establish the goodwill of God inside the soul. Does that make sense? Isaiah 55. Oh, come ye to the waters. You who have no money, you have no... Come and buy without price. Come, buy. And eat that which is good. Praise God. That's the first thing. Then there's later on your soul will now begin to delight itself in fatness. But the fatness is not only in the water. If you have only water, amen, amen, you can't find the fatness of God in the water of the word alone. But the water is pregnant with blood. We've seen that before. And after a while, after eating that which is good, you now move into fatter things. Fat things. Amen. Amen. And fat things is a, is a blood feast. Because those fat things are full of marrow. What is, what is marrow? Marrow is inside the bone. Where is a fountain of the blood. That's where blood flows from. Are you seeing? So fat thing means blood things. Does that make sense? Are you seeing that? But first, you have to come into good things. Which is what the water is carrying. So the water brings the soul into the first place of sacrificing to God. Is this very clear? Yes, sir. Praise God. Hallelujah. This is clear to us. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. It's, it's in the good will of God that is where robes are washed. What is, what is washing of a robe? Remove good. Remove bad, sorry. Remove the bad, things that are bad, away from the garment of what? Of the soul. Praise God. Am I making sense today? Praise God. Time is done. Uh, it's almost gone, so we should be rounding up. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father. So you should be able to tell the difference between a soul that is not separate and a soul that is separate. With sight of scripture, you can be able to tell such souls. Some souls are not separate. Some souls are just beginning to be separate. Some souls sight the separation are run away. They hear the voice of the Lord. Come on, be say, say I'm coming. I just have something to deal with very quickly. And you won't see them again. They don't like separation. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So but so se- separation, so so those who are separated are those who are able to give daily sacrifices. Continuing on uh-huh, the goodwill of God. Amen. Amen. Now, that f- water of the word, of course, that causes entrance into the kingdom, is just what I want to say this and then we're done today. What it impacts to a soul, what makes a soul a sacrificer, is a nature, is called meekness. Mm-hmm. So, that water of the world is the imparter of the first meekness of the kingdom. 
the first meekness for his soul. Their meekness are in levels. But the first meekness, like I, I, I think I mentioned before, any, anybody below that is not meek at all. Mm. Are you, is, that, is that very clear? So it means that anybody who has never heard the word of righteousness doesn't have meekness in them. It's a strong statement, but it's true. <laughs> you see, you can have a very, very broad brother that he looks very, very humble. He looks and appears meek, but it's not meekness. What is really, really, really meekness? Meek. What is really, if you discern the nature of meekness, the nature of a meek nature is a nature that can allow its will to be superseded. Are you getting me? Allow his what? When I say will now, that will is an interesting thing. When you say, what is the will of a, of a person's will? It, someone can say, well, I wanted to go to the... I wanted to go to... Um, praise God. I was, my friend came to visit me and I wanted to go and see a movie. My, my friend wanted to go and see to the mall. Even though I really wanted the movie, but I just said, okay, no problem. We'll go to the... To us. Instead of going to the mall, we will go and see... So we're going to see a movie. We we'll go to the mall instead. So because of that, I submitted to my. Uh, my that's what I'm talking about. Unbelievers can do that. Yes, are you getting me? Yes, are, you, are you getting me? So, but when you see that kind of thing, when you see bre- a brother, a Christian brother, who always does that, hey, that brother is humble. Oh. He doesn't. He's meek, a meek brother. He doesn't even fight for his own thing at all. Are you, anytime, are, are you seeing them? You know, you know, that some of those brothers. Their father is like that. Their mother is like that. All their uncles are like that. That's just how they are in their family. <laughs> so you have nothing to do with them being born again. <laughs> and you now see that some unbelievers who are not even born again, if, if you, that's the standard of meekness, are even more meek than many Christians and more humble than many Christians. I, so when we're talking of meekness, I'm talking of the meekness of separation. It's not that all that thing. Uh-huh. So I see all those that meek man, the one that's not meek, all of them, even not going to the to the movie, but going to the mall instead. Everything is still summarized under his own will. Do you agree? Yes, sir. Can you believe that anything that any man has access to, without revelation, is under the jurisdiction of the will of men? Yes. So anybody that has never done something that is not a man thing, that came by revelation of the Spirit, has never done meekness one day. It's just that there are many things that can make a man alive go with what his friend wants to do. Because number one, he might like that friends with that relationship. Value okay. What is not measured is not has nothing to do with God. This calculation has nothing to do with God. Just do I value this? What do I value this movie or this friend? Mm-mm-mm, choose one. Friend is better. Okay, let's go with friend. Those are those are men's calculation. Every man's meekness. Check it. It's, it's serving a purpose that has to do with a man. Yes. Some some the fact some are just meek just because meekness makes them happy. Souls are all, they are, they are different kinds of souls. Yeah, I've seen all some people. 
So some people that are just helping you makes them happy. That's their own. And they tamper with that. Uh, don't, don't allow them to help you first. Praise God. The way dancing makes you happy, their own is different. Washing your shoe can make them happy. Cleaning your washing your plate, something can make them happy. Are you gonna? Or you say, ah, what a mix. So, what a, it's nothing like that. It's just, are you getting me? <laughs> you just a, it's the, are you seeing that? I want to let us define this thing meekness. Meekness is the submission to revelation. It is only revelation can kill the will of a man. Is the things that didn't come from your own or kind of things you like to do different completely? It's different to your frame, different from how you are made. It's different from a man. Men are not like that. It's revelation. Are you seeing that? It's not, not any kind. Revelation of the righteousness of God. Then when his soul does it, that is meekness. Are you seeing that? So that's why we don't get fooled with... Uh, display of humble behavior and all those things. You can see a very, very humble soul. What, what test, I used to tell you, what test men until word of righteousness comes? You don't know any man. You can see the most spiritual person, the most anointed anything. By the time a word that comes, that is pure righteousness, is not tainted with things that can, that a soul can enjoy. By his own will. He doesn't have the savour of men's things that men like. It's pure righteousness. You begin to see holy brothers begin to react anyhow. So-called spiritual brethren begin to... Oh, I, uh, amen. Amen. They begin to... What have, you begin to see unexpected things begin to happen. Why? Because of that standard is higher. Are, are you seeing that? Can I tell you something? Obeying one tiny revelation is more valuable in the spirit than selling all your property and giving it to charity. (laughs) Obeying one tiny revelation is more valuable in the spirit than winning a whole continent for Jesus and getting them born again. There are souls who can, if it's, let's go and do ministry, let's win people, let's evangelize, let's, let's build a house for God, let's build a church, let's affect the community, let's do, they can do all, why? why? Why is it easy for them to do that? Because that, those things are part of their own natural, what do you call it? That is who they are. <laughs> is that, let's say that, amen. <laughs> oh my God. Praise the Lord. 
Are you seeing that? Just obeying one revelation that is pure revelation is more valuable in the spirit than all the other things combined. Obeying revelation is more valuable than all the sacrifices that a man would decide and choose and give by for himself. By this is what I want to give. It doesn't matter how big it is, God, I brought this one. That's what men do for God. Are you seeing that? When you bring a revelation, leave this thing first. There are things to do, man. We need to make impact. Who is driving that impact? It's the man's will. But God said, just calm down. I, I want to reveal things to you. The soul doesn't see revelation as, oh, it's too boring. Ah, all these things, man. Time is going. We have to walk for God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. See that thing? That thing is what, that's, what, that's the problem that God had with Saul. So obedience is better than sacrifice. That sacrifice is not sacrifice of God. He's talking about Saul wanted to do what he likes. God give this is what we want to do. <laughs> he said, no, no. Maybe, that, maybe you didn't, there are some things you did not calculate when you were given his instruction. When I got there, I saw some things. and I, What did he see? I saw animals. These animals are good for sacrifice. <laughs> God said, kill everything. He kept some. Amen. Amen. Are you seeing? Obedience is better. And to hacking than the fat of rams. Because any obedience... Any sacrifice without revelation is the will of a man. Yes. No matter how nice, how sophisticated, how good, how right, how righteous. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, Any kind of sacrifice without what? Are you seeing this? So, so say revelation. revelation. What is revelation? Revelation is light. Yes. That is where the kingdom is inside. So you can't do work for God with your strength and enter the kingdom. You can't with your zeal enter the kingdom. That's, what the mean, that's the meaning of flesh and blood. You cannot inherit the kingdom. Because it is, an, it is inside what light. Because any, any sacrifice a man does under the power of darkness... It's worthless to God. And it's worthless in the spirit. Does that make sense? Make sense? So are you seeing the essence of separation? Is the first attitude of meekness. Tell me, what is the first attitude of meekness? Is so can muster. Is what? Separation. What is that thing? Submission to revelation. I want anybody who is in this pasture of word of righteousness, I want you to think back the first thing that happened to you that triggered your journey. It's the moment you are able to sit down and submit to revelation. That's the beginning of journey in righteousness. Nobody journeyed in righteousness until that happened. There, there are people who wanted to say, so maybe we can arrive there at another route. They continue what they are doing. You can't. It's not possible. <laughs> the more you are doing what you are doing, you are, you are the farther away you are going from the path. What you are, you are doing is leading you farther away from the path. Are you seeing that? So, so the, what is the first marker of meekness? Can, can you tell me? 
submission to revelation. Amen. Yes, it's submission to revelation, submission to light. Are you seeing that? That's the first. That is the. If you ask me, what is the the washing of water? How do they say washing of water by the word? Is an important thing. They wash them by water of water by the word. What makes a, a man's garment start becoming clean is when he begins to pay attention to revelation. Am I making sense? Because it is that revelation that paints the sight of the kingdom that makes you see the kingdom. And if you can't see the kingdom, you can't journey for entrance into the kingdom. Praise God. Amen. 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 So it means that anybody who is not who hasn't settled into revelation is not a sheep. You are not a sheep of God. Right? You are not a sheep. What what turns a man into a sheep is the is what is the man begins to relate and submit to revelation. When his soul begins to submit to revelation, amen. amen. What was revelation? Spiritual revelation. What spiritual revelation? Him abandoning the notion that you know what's right. Yes. Uh, praise God. Abandoning the what? The notion that you know what is right. That you have any clue about the righteousness of God. That attitude activates, when someone becomes like that, it activates ministration of the spirit. So, who that? The witnesser rises up. It is the spirit that beareth witness. You activate his, the witnesser when the heart falls into that place. Amen. Amen. What is the witnesser doing? Is the one who administers the water. Waters of revelation begins to flow into a soul. Why? Because they've accepted that I don't know anything. That, see that nature I don't know. I want to know. Reveal to me. You cite the order of revelation. You, you, you submit to it. That nature is the first nature of a sheep. That's what makes a person a sheep. Anybody who doesn't have that thing, you are not a sheep. You can't come any closer to the tabernacles of God. Amen. Amen. I pray the Lord will bless us. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. How many of you believe that, that the, 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 the greatest characteristic of sheep is their hearing? Yes. Every other thing comes after that. Take hearing, it's not a sheep. No, no, there's a way sheep hears that thing. That's what really makes it. Jesus talk, spoke about that. It's, that's the thing about a sheep. Is they, are, they have a, a particular kind of hearing. That hearing they have is so, is so is dangerous. The hearing of a sheep is a tuned hearing. That's the meaning of my sheep know my voice. You can come here. We just bring loudspeaker, be playing. Everything blasting, noise everywhere. And let the shepherd stand at the back and just talk a little. You will see the sheep will begin to move. Beyond everything, they filter everything. They tune. That, there's something about the... the the, the, the ear of the sheep that has been tuned to the frequency of the shepherd. I've, I watched some videos. They did, they did all kinds of experiments about this thing. It's crazy. The recognition. Are you seeing that? What is that voice? It's that 
the voice that comes from afar is the voice of righteousness. This is the voice that comes from beyond the realm of everything man is doing. Is a revelation from God's world. Revelation of, of things that are not yours. Things that are not here. It's a foreign voice. Amen. Amen. That nature to the nature, the ability to be hearing a foreign voice every day. Everybody, all your friends are going about doing you are still able to sit with that voice. That's the nature of a sheep. A distinct, I mean, I shouldn't the word foreign, is distinct. The voice of righteousness is distinct. Means that it doesn't sound like every other voice because it's the voice from the source that men are not exposed to. Every true revelation of God, when he enters the realm of men, it sounds different. Because men, my ways are not your ways. My, my, my thoughts not as heaven is diff- higher than the earth. As far as he is from the west too. It's the same thing. Amen. So my ways from your ways, my thought from your thought. Praise God. Are we, are we here? Are we, are we, are we blessed today? Yes. Are we blessed today? Yes. So you see that, you see that sheep, that sheep nature. Once you break out of that thing, hey, you've broken out of your, you've broken out of the formation that opens doors in the path of righteousness to you. What keeps feet on the path of righteousness is their sheepish nature. If you break out of that nature, you can maintain walk in righteousness. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Hope oh, we are blessed today. Yes, Thank you, our Father. Amen. Father, we give you glory. Father, we bless you. Are you seeing that? Say entrance. 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 So are you seeing only ships can enter? Only sheep can do what? Only sheep can enter. Who are sheep in the kingdom? Sheep are people they call little children. Jesus' analogy. Jesus spoke about entrance. Praise God. Can you remember that? Matthew chapter, is it 18? There's no time to read it, but we'll just tell you what he said. Is it 18? Yes, sir. Praise God. Amen. Jesus was teaching them. They asked a question. They were fighting among themselves, those disciples, right? Who will be the greatest? Who will be the greatest? And then they asked Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Then Jesus, okay, I will demonstrate this. No, Jesus have to demonstrate it. Amen. That thing's for the purpose of understanding because they asked him about kingdom. You know, they don't usually ask kingdom question. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> but even though this this one even as was even motivated out of you know strife and comparing each other and all that, but it's still okay. At least you managed to ask a kingdom question today. So who am I not to answer you? So just in fact, if, if, I won't only I would out drama. I won't even just answer you. I would dramatize it for you. <laughs> and I won't even only answer your question. I will show you from the beginning. So because they asked him about who will be the greatest. And I said, let's leave greatest. Let's talk about entering first. <laughs> Amen. So he was, he, was, he was there. And then he then, as they were, they were around him, they must have been around. 
and then he brought a little child and put the little child in the center. Then he began to speak. Are you seeing that? So, so he now said that any of you who can become and be converted and become as little children. Now that little child he brought to the center, he hasn't spoken about him yet. He spoke about little children. First, are you seeing that? So when you are converted, what is the conversion? Conversion means entrance. Does that make sense? What is conversion? Is entrance. Is also another word for translated into the kingdom. Now, so so it means those who enter, except you have become converted and become as little children. So little children is talking about you've gained the first meekness. You become little at a level. Are you seeing that? Yes, sir. Then such people, that's the stature for entrance. Then, who did he say is the greatest? Continue. So after entering, you become little children. That means you have become a sheep. But then, you now need to become what? What, if a sheep becomes more little, what does it become? What is it? Is a lamb. So what's the kingdom? What's the training inside the kingdom? It's converting sheep to lambs. Why? Because it takes lamb to sit on the throne. And he who sits on the throne is the greatest in the kingdom. Praise God. Are you seeing that? So you have to first humble and then be converted. There's the first humility. He who humbles himself and be Con, con, what did you say? Yes, the first one. What's the first one? Okay, so that's also a becoming as little children is also a humility, first humility. Yes, so you be converted and become as little children, yes, then you have entrance. Yes, then, but then there's what you now call. He didn't say little children. The greatest, the little child is one. It's one stature. You become more humble inside the kingdom and become as this little child. He who can do that is the greatest in the kingdom. So whenever you see kingdom, you are seeing a world of levels of meeknesses and humility. What determines the level of meekness if his soul is in is how much response to light. What is response to light? Not just hearing it. Doing. Are you seeing that? When the Lord was speaking about where is the house you built for me? Unto this man will I look. Of a broken heart. A man that is contrite. That is meekness. Then the heart that is the same thing as trembling at his word. Praise God. Hallelujah. This kingdom is a different kingdom from the kingdoms of the world. Completely. But when you hear kingdom in the worldly sense, it's taking over, taking this, the, you know, even in the natural, killing people, taking over things. Amen. When it comes to God, it's not that. It's humility. Becoming more little. 
becoming until you become like a lamb. The lamb is the one John saw who sat on the throne. That's the lamb. The lamb is the owner of the throne. The lamb is a soul who has a, who has attained all meekness of righteousness. There's nothing meeker than that stature. That's the owner of the throne of God. And do you know who owns dominion of God? See, this person has come into more authority in the kingdom. It's not some, some highly lifted person. Sometimes we preach an, an, a contrary nature to what the kingdom of God is. You feel like the more you can come and dominate people, that, that's not kingdom. The more meek you are, the more authority of the kingdom rests upon the soul. Submission to revelation. When you see a lamb, a lamb is completely void and dead of its own way. That lamb is, is, is married to the throne. He doesn't have anything foreign from the throne. It, it, is, it has complete, complete unison with the nature, the raw nature of the dominion. Because he is completely gone. So that, that is what the kingdom is supposed to be doing to men and to be taken from men. Amen. Amen. Praise God. But to get there, you have to start with the first one, which is the meekness of what? Of separation. After a while, there's meekness of sanctification. It's another level of meekness, which is the institution, the cause in Zion. What they teach in Zion is that. Zion is for converting sheep into lambs. That's the purpose of the feast upon the mountain. Is to swallow up death in victory. To destroy the covering that's cast over our nation and the veil that is spread over them. Amen. What, how do they achieve that? Is they roll out a feast of fat things. A feast of wines on the least. Fat things full of what? Of marrow. It's a higher feast in the spirit. Praise God. Amen. Are we interested in being pastored by Jesus? Being pastored by the Lord. We will become kingdom beings. Kingdom, kingdom entities. Amen. Many people are, think, are, are, are anticipating reigning. Rain, yeah, we will reign with Christ. You don't know what that reigning is about. That is a reigning of lambs. Okay. Nobody can have true reign on the earth. It's the meek that will inherit the earth. That inheritance is talking about the final ownership. When the, when the earth has been finally owned later, who owns it? Uh, the person who will have the ultimate dominion is the meek. It's not easy to see it now, but when you really travel into the DNA of the earth, the earth will not yield in submission until that meek, that, that lamb nature has arrived. It's that lamb that nature that will trigger the full submission. That is the nature that the earth is meant to worship. That the earth is meant to submit to. Are you seeing that? Yes, so it's for that that the kingdom needs to come. Amen. 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 We need to, that's, that's what will make us reign in, in, in life. Amen. Talking about reigning in life. We've come into the gift of life, the, the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Praise God. Amen. Are we blessed today? Thank you, our Father. Uh, we give glory to your name. Oh.
Amen. Father, we bless you for speaking to us today. Father, we take nothing you say to us for granted. We don't, um, we don't diminish the importance, the value of all your words and all your speaking. Father, we thank you. We give all the glory unto you. Uh, Lord, I pray for every one of us. I'm asking, Lord, these things are not things that zeal of men can achieve. But, Father, there are things that are ministered to us by you. Father, we ask for your spirit to come and help the reculturing of our heart Amen. that needs to happen to align with the, your design of the sheepfold. Amen. Father, which will, will actually cement our place in the realm of blessing. Amen. I pray for every soul or everyone under the sound of my voice that this ministration, this grace will be given for to attain unto these things. Thank you, our Father. We give all the, all the glory to you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth.